The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in the great city of Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're still in the midst of the series on Christian healing. Uh, I'm teaching the book Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore, chapter by chapter, so people can get the fundamental principles of spiritual healing. So people can understand the fundamentals of new thought and Christian metaphysics. And I think this book is a really good fundamental book. My request has been, if you are following along with this series or you're new to the series, to make sure you get the book. You can order the book, hardcover, softcover. You can find free PDFs floating around the Internet. You can download it to your iTunes and Play Store. There's so many ways you can get this book. It's unreal. So um, I don't want to teach books that people can't get, you know, because if we're studying a subject and people can't get the book, then that kind of defeats the purpose of doing this weekly type of studying but and and presentations of the book. So today we're actually covering the chapter Imagination, which is Lesson 9. And before we actually get into the chapter, I want to read a couple of definitions out of the Revealing Word by Charles Fillmore, which is a dictionary of metaphysical terms. I use it often. And this is his definition, which is found on page 104 of the word Imagination. It reads, the faculty of mind that images and forms, the power to shape and form thought. I want to stop there. The faculty of mind that images and forms. So that lets us know that that this is an aspect of thinking. Why? Because it's the power to shape and form thought. And we think in images. And those images become forms in our minds that we that we engage with emotion for realization. So it's important that we recognize that imagination is a fundamental faculty within us, that without the imagination, we're not shaping and forming thought. You know, many times when 
a situation is happening where somebody's trying to explain something to uh, you or me or anyone, sometimes I can find myself saying, oh, I see that. Or I just can't see it. I'm using that terminology because literally the imagination is trying to form an image of what's being said to me. Okay, so if a person's trying to explain a concept and I don't comprehend it, I don't understand it, I literally can't see it. And since I can't see it, I can't grasp it. So I can't shape and form thought in a comprehensive way around whatever this ideal is being, that is being presented to me. So I really want you to get clear that imagination is your ability to shape and form thought. He also goes on to say in the same definition With our imagination, we lay hold of ideas and clothe them with substance. So we are actually forming and shaping and giving life to these ideas in mind through imagination. Again, imagination uh, is dealing with ideas and ideas have no form, no shape, no structure. They're invisible and intangible. But through the power of imagination we clothe them with substance which is saying we clothe them with form all right he then says the body is the product of the mind so and and a person could argue that and say well how does how's that possible how can the body be the product of the mind well let's let's step back for a moment and look at this from the standpoint of you used to be physically, not spiritually, physically, the collision of a sperm cell and an egg cell. But in the pattern of your DNA was your height, your gender, your eye color, what your toes look like, what your fingers look like, the length of your fingers and arms and legs, etc. weight within reason based upon our obviously our eating habits or lack of or overabundance of hair color, hair length, eyebrows, length of your eyelashes, whether you, if you're a male, if you, or, you know, you're going to have a, a hairy chest and back or not all type of stuff. And all of it at that point was invisible and intangible, but it was, in the intelligence of all of that was in your DNA at the moment your mother's egg cell and your, your father's sperm cell collided and blended two people's DNA into being one individual. So when we say that the body is the product of the mind, we're saying that the body is the product of the innate intelligence that is within it. Literally. And since intelligence created it, intelligence can direct it. That's the conversation. So no one can say that, you know, that they didn't physically go through that process. How is it? I mean, just think about how awesome it is that 
the totality of who you are as an adult was potentially in your DNA at the moment of conception. We're not talking about soul and spirit. We're just talking about as a physical being. That's how much of a miracle all of life is, not just human beings, all of life. That the oak tree is already in the acorn. No matter what. That one seed is potentially the beginning of a of a field of produce. All within the intelligence or the mind or the awareness at whatever level that means of the potential of the seed. So when he says. What man pictures or imagines in his mind will appear in his body. He is saying that how we think affects us physically. How we think affects us physically. And it's important for us to realize that the healthier our thinking, the more constructive our thinking, the more forgiving and loving our thinking, the less stress, the less anxiety, less frustration we put on our bodies. Doctors across the board talk about what stress by itself, what worry by itself does to the body. It can weaken immune systems. It can help make you lose sleep, which affects your your body's ability to regenerate. It can affect arteries and veins and other things. We have a, it can create strain in muscles because of the mental tension creates physical tension. It can increase blood pressure and all other things. It can create other habits that make us cope where we are putting things in our bodies or overindulging things into our bodies that are not beneficial to us. Let us be mindful that the mind is guiding the body and the body responds to how we think. And the first stage and the first step in reclaiming a healthy body is reclaiming dominion over our thinking so our thinking is constructive, not destructive to our bodies. If you don't care, if you're stressed out and frustrated and and you don't care what's going to happen next and you're at the point where you're just resigned to the way things are happening, that will have an effect on your body because that's what you're imaging. Resignation is one of the the worst things that a person can ever have because resignation just basically says it doesn't matter, whatever, it is what it is, and why try to even make it better? It's a giving up. It's a lack of hope. It's a lack of faith. And that type of imagery in the mind has an effect on the body. As Carter G. Woodson wrote in The Miseducation of the Negro, to paraphrase him, if you teach a man to go to the back door, he will go without being told. And if there is no back door, he will create one. Why does he have to create a back door if there is no back door? Because his mind, his imagery, his mental images, his mental equivalent will demand a back door. 
How does this relate to healing and Christian healing and spiritual healing? It relates to it because if you don't think that it's possible that you can heal your body spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, heal your relationships, heal your work experience, heal your finances, you won't even try. If you don't think it's possible, why give the effort? Why try to discipline your thoughts? Why worry about what you're imaging? Why care about what you watch, what you listen to, what you do, what you allow people to bring into your mental space? Why worry about or care about the uh, praying and meditating and going to classes and reading the books and 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 listening to the to the audios and watching the DVDs and what all the other stuff. If it doesn't make a difference, your imagery will feed the pessimism. Your imagery then will feed the justifications of why you're not doing what you're supposed to do. The imagery will feed the resignation and we will stay stuck in the muck of our experience, of our sickness, of our lack, of our unhappiness, of our unloving relationships and our disenchantment when we can be free by starting the process of addressing how we are thinking. That's the process. How am I thinking? As scripture says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Not on God and the problem. Not on God and the sickness. Not on God and the lack. Not on God and the and unhappy relationships whose mind is stayed on thee. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. But how easily are we distracted when we can keep um if we can learn how to keep our mind focused on that which we desire it can make all the difference in the world to use an analogy that um some may or may not like but you have to keep your eye on the target if you're an archer, if you're a, a, a professional shot maker, you have to keep your eye on the target. I can remember uh, watching a show where um, or a documentary and they were talking about the ancient samurais of Japan and their archery skills and how these men riding horses on rough terrain in the midst of battles could shoot an arrow and hit the target dead on. Now you got to remember they're moving. Things are coming at them. The horse is riding on rough terrain and in the midst of riding a horse, 30, 20, 30 miles an hour without their hands and only their legs. They're keeping their eye completely on their goal, their target. And everything in their being was focused toward that one task. Let me tell you, if you need a healing, 
everything in your mind needs to be on that task. Not on the latest TV show, not on the latest latest gossip websites, not what's on Facebook or Twitter, not what uh, the neighbors are saying, not on what the, the that those people in your family that everybody likes to talk about because they're the black sheep or the family are doing. None of those things, not what's happening at the church, not what's happening at the White House, not what's happening in Congress. When you need a healing and your life is on the line, when you have to get this breakthrough to live, I'm suggesting that you get the laser beam focus of those of a samurai riding a horse on 20, 30 miles an hour over rough terrain with no hands, with the bow and arrow in your hand and arrows and swords and fighting and all that other stuff going on around you. And the only thing you see is your target. That's what it takes to get your breakthrough. I'm not going to let you go, as Joseph told God in Genesis when he was wrestling with him all night, according to the story. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. And realizing that a house is built brick by brick. You might be saying, I'm doing all this prayer work. I'm doing all this meditation work. I'm doing all this affirming. I'm doing all this studying. I'm going to the class. I'm calling prayer lines. I'm calling Silent Unity or the, or CUT prayer line or whatever your church's prayer line is. I have people working with me. I'm in a mastermind group. I'm not seeing the breakthrough. What you're doing is building a critical mass, just like a space shuttle that needs energy. Most of the fuel is uh, is 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 utilized at takeoff. So when you see the rocket attached to the space shuttle, think about all of the fuel that it takes just to get the space shuttle off the ground. They have to attach a rocket to it. But once it gets into the atmosphere or out of the atmosphere, it can do its thing. You have to mentally push your mind with your images past where you are right now, which means you have to push your thinking beyond out of the atmosphere of your normal thinking. And that takes a considerable amount of effort and focus, but you can do it. So we're coming up on our first break. So I want to remind you that this show, along with all the other shows, are supported by your donations. So please go to www.unity.fm, click on the donate button, and help support this online ministry so we can help continue to spread it around the world. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Are we nearing the end of the world? 
Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, back to Truth Transforms. So now we're in the book, Christian Healing, because I read the definition out of the revealing word that I wanted to teach. And now we're going to work with what Mr. Fillmore says. He states that in on page 96, and I'm not reading everything, but he states, my manifesto faculties. If mine is to comprehend increasingly, there must be an increase of these avenues that man has latent possibility goes without argument that there is a limit to the ability of the mind is unthinkable. And this is the, uh, the highlighter point. What man imagines he can do that he can do. The doing is a question of adopting the right way. Again, what a man imagines he can do that he can do. And a man here means person, not male. The doing is a question of adopting the right way. So here's the question. As uh, Napoleon, not the question, but the statement, Napoleon Hill stated that whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Because there is no limit to mind because there's no limit to ideas. There will always be ideas. The question is, Do we know how to do it? It's about the adoption of the right way. You know, as we're learning more and more how to do certain things, technology is advancing where to the point to where if you have um, even a cell phone 
from a few years ago, it, it's much slower, has much slower processors and et cetera, et cetera, than a, a cell phone over the, over the last couple of years or a modern cell phone like iPhone 6 or Galaxy 6 or whatever numbers these phones are on now because technology is saying, okay, this is how it works. Now, how can we make this better? Now, how can we make this better? Now, how can we make this improve? Or something will happen and it'll be a totally complete paradigm shift beyond anything that anybody can imagine. You know, I, I've often told people that I, you know, it, I can remember when your parents told you go to your room, that was like prison. Now with cell phones, internet, tablets, Netflix, and cable on your phone, FaceTime and Skype and chat and Snapchat and Instagram and all of these and Twitters and all of these social media and apps and et cetera. Unless you take technology from a child, it's, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. Some kids don't want to go outside because the world is in the palm of their hands, literally. But that's the power of the mind of the imagination. If we think we can do it, we just have to figure out the right way. Now, here's the thing. I can be healed. The doing is a question of adopting the right way. I can be financially independent. The question is of adopting the right way. I can have loving supportive, harmonious relationships in every area of my life. The only question is how to adopt the right way. That's why we learn spiritual principle. has a mind called Lord, transcending both conscious and subconscious mind. In this context, he's talking about the superconsciousness or the Christ mind. Yet the harmonious working together of these three seemingly separate minds is necessary to bringing forth of the latent possibilities of the man. So the conscious and subconscious minds have to be in alignment with this Lord or with this Christ mind or with this superconscious mind to express to manifest or demonstrate what is latent in humanity so uh, a greater expression of life of wisdom of substance of love and power are latent within every human being in the soul of every human being but that spiritual potential has to be demonstrated and the only way we do that is by getting in harmony with our higher level of awareness that people call the Christ mind or the superconscious mind or the secret place or the kingdom of God within or or the realm of divine potentialities and possibilities. I think I heard Deepak Chopra say that one time. It, it's we have all these terms for it. You know, if you were raised in China and you were under the influence of certain brands of Buddhism, they were some people call it the Buddha mind and or whatever. They have all type of terms for it because every 
every culture and religion has a way of explaining that humanity has access to higher awareness. But the next paragraph states, in truth, there is but one mind. In it, all things exist. Accurately speaking, man does not have three minds, nor does he have even one mind. But he expresses the one mind in a multitude of ways. In other words, as Reverend Coleman would say, uh, there's only one mind, the mind of God, and I have consciousness or awareness in the one mind. What that is really saying is we're all linked to through the one intelligence, this one divine mind that we are avenues of expression of. Therefore, the greater my understanding of who I am and what I'm connected to and what I'm the self-expression of, the greater uh, the demonstration of the truth of who I am. That's all it's saying. That my understanding determines my demonstration. As Emmett Fox says, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. And I literally believe that because, again, if I don't understand it, I can't image it. I can't see it. It's hard to demonstrate something you can't see. So what I'm saying to you in, in, in the context of healing is ponder the possibility that you can be healed. But the doctor said, but I've had all of these procedures. And I've been on all this medicine and I've been on et cetera, et cetera. And it's been decades. Ponder the possibility. I'm not saying it can happen. I'm saying it's possible. Ponder the possibility that you can be healed. Just the possibility. I think it's really important that we just wrestle with is possible right now. As Jesus said to the man who had a son who was, um, you know, in the Bible that said had a, a demon, which many, you know, according to many scholars, just means that he has some level of mental and mental and emotional um, disability or disturbance. And Jesus, he asked Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus said, do you believe? And the father said, I believe. Help my unbelief. It was. He had enough to know that it was possible, but he didn't know how. And sometimes that's just the beginning. That's the start. And that's enough for this Christ presence, the truth of who you are to Start the healing process, the transforming process, the realization of your wholeness. Just imagine what life could be healed, whole, and beyond your present circumstances, whatever they might be. Just ponder the possibility of seeing it. What do you have to lose by just Seeing it, you know, as I tell people, it's nothing wrong with going into a car dealership, sitting in the car and taking a selfie in the car, in the parking lot or in the or in the uh, in the building. Walk right into the building where they have the new cars that are you here to buy nothing? No, I'm just looking. Take the pictures of the cars you like. Take pictures 
of yourself in the car, take somebody with you and take the, have them take pictures of you behind the steering wheel the whole night. What do you have to lose? Nobody's making you sign a contract. Nobody's saying that you physically have the money in the, your bank account or anything. But you have to have something that pulls you towards it. That's the image. Now, whether the image is what God gives you or the image is what you manufacture through visualization, through image books or treasure maps or whatever term you use, is up to you. The point is, what's calling you? What's pulling you to purpose? Because that matters. What's calling you to purpose? And if nothing's calling you to purpose, that means that you're getting up every day with the most powerful tool in the universe, the mind, and not focusing it on anything. Which is, without a doubt, the biggest waste in all of the universe. That a being as powerful as you cannot put your powerful mind on something in particular. Don't waste what God has given you. The world needs you to play big. The world needs you to get your breakthroughs so the world can know, so people can know that breakthroughs are possible. It doesn't make a difference how many breakdowns you have as long as you manifest your blessing. We need, and I'm saying need, not in the sense of God needs, like God doesn't need anything. But the world is waiting for us as true students to demonstrate this because we believe that we have a message that literally can transform the world. But, you know, the world is like Missouri. You got to show me. You can't talk it. You know, as Reverend Ike used to say, no minister of mine can talk cash and walk in the grass. He meant it. No minister of mine is going to talk cash and walk in the grass. What that meant was Reverend Ike represented prosperity. And if you were associated with him, you were going to demonstrate prosperity. Or you weren't going to. That was just the way it is. I can remember years ago. Um, about 10 years ago now, a little, little bit more than 10 years ago, I severely injured, uh, and I still to this day don't know how I did it, uh, probably lifting or working out or doing something physically stressing, uh, injured my neck, a nerve in my neck. I didn't know it at the time until I went to the doctor because it got progressively worse. And it got to the point that I'm left-handed and I couldn't even, like, lift my hand, a spoon in my hand to eat. Um, took some time off of work and uh, and I was, you know, working with it. And I could never forget Reverend Coleman calling me and she get found out when because she was out when I hurt my, my neck. And, you know, I was going to the doctor and I was taking the painkillers and, you know, the you know, and the muscle relaxers and steroids, all the stuff that they give you to to make things better. And I can remember Reverend Coleman calling me, and you know, she was good with letting you get it out 
you know, what's going on, et cetera. And then she's like, okay, you got to demonstrate this. Can't be preaching this stuff. Can't be teaching it. And not living it. You got to demonstrate this. Now I want to hear nothing else about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And this is funny to me now. Because the next time she saw me, I was still wrestling with it. And she said, and she got on me like, look, get on this. You're telling these people what's possible. Now you do it. And I can remember praying myself to sleep at night, meditating beyond the pain, making sure that I was going to get through, get through, get through. And through a series of things, I ended up getting my my healing without getting extensively in the story. Um, you know, through prayer, through meditation, going to work with somebody that God told me to touch base with. Spirit told me to mention that uh, helped me with some pressure point uh, uh uh, massage type techniques, and, but I just kept working with it mentally, kept working with it mentally, kept working with it mentally because she called me on it. Like, dude, don't start talking all this stuff. She didn't say dude, but that's my interpretation. Dude, don't talk all this stuff. And then when it's your test, um, all you can do is complain about what you can't do. And I, not that I was complaining, but it was painful. You know, extremely painful. And I had to push through it. And I, at that point, I realized that, and I didn't know it at the time, you can pray yourself to sleep. <laughs> didn't know that before that. That you can push through pain at a high level. Now, and I never told people how much it really, really hurt. It really did. Um. The thing about it is, it, it wasn't healed because of all of the other stuff that I was doing. I had to get my mind focused. And that's what I'm saying. And that starts with how you think and how you image and how you work with what you have to work with. It matters. As Reverend Coleman said, it works if you work it. So we're going to take our last break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Within you is a divine spark. As you feed your mind, body, and spirit with inspiration, the spark becomes a flame. Unity Online Radio provides the fuel to ignite your passion, creativity, and more during our special Ignite Your Life series. Tune into the series at unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. Connect with your source and ignite your life. That's unityonlineradio.org slash ignite.
You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I realize that I didn't give you a chance to call in if you so desired. You can call in at 888-558-6489, to uh, make sure that you, if you have a question, that you can get it out. Now, you know, what I want to make sure you're conscious of and present to is uh, I'm teaching the chapter, but sometimes I'm teaching the chapter without necessarily reading a lot of words out of the chapter. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, because I know I've had people, oh, my God, I know he's going to hit this point, and I know he's going to talk about that point. Uh, you know, like I said before, if I taught this chapter line by line, even if this was a class, it would be very difficult to teach a book that has this much material in it just on a weekly basis. It's really an overview, and you have to, to pull out the principle. Here's the thing. When you're studying spiritual material, what you're really looking for is the principle. What can I learn about how to, what can I learn about the principle? And how, what can I learn about applying the principle? Those are, the, those are the things that you have to get. It doesn't make a difference what the material really is, what your religious background is, what your philosophy is. What's the principle and how can I apply it? That's what you that's what you have to get. So I'm teaching the principle right now of imagination. How do you how do you work with imagine? What is it? How do you work with it? How do you use it to demonstrate the life you desire? That's what's key. All right. Um, page ninety eight. And, and uh, it states in the bottom paragraph, because this, again, this has a lot of stuff talking about divine mind. All that man really needs is the quickening and rounding out of the thinking centers in his consciousness that having been done, divine mind will think through him. This supreme mind holds man at its center, a perfect instrument through which to express its possibilities. That is a million dollars worth of information. So what he's basically saying is when we remove the blockage in consciousness that interferes with the full expression of our faculties, what I mean, what is, what are the blockages, the, the, the fear, the doubt, the frustration, the duality thinking as, as HM Katie says, every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. When we get those things out of the way and and allow spirit to have free reign, our true nature, he's saying divine mind will think through us. We'll become transparencies, conduits, vehicles. That doesn't mean you lose personality. Jesus had a personality. He had friends. He went to the wedding feast. He turned the water into wine, the whole nine. He had a personality, but his personality was utilized as a conduit for divine mind. He says, this supreme mind holds man at its center, a perfect instrument through which to express his possibility. So that's saying 
the sole purpose of you, me, and everyone else is to be instruments to express the possibilities of God or divine mind or spirit or infinite intelligence or cosmic consciousness or the universal, whatever term you like to use. That's all it's saying. He goes down and says, God looks into the mirror, same page. God looks into the mirror of the universe and sees himself as man. He gives himself to man and man in his highest is God manifest. Obviously there's no mirror. This is metaphorical poetic uh, writing, but get the point. When, you know, God created us in the image and likeness of itself. He uses himself and whatever because this book is old and they use the male pronoun. God created us in the image. Get the word image. That means in divine mind, the image of God of itself is us. Not the, the temporary human being, but the God potential. The spirit of who you are and who I am and who we are is God. That's why man or humanity in his highest is God manifest. He that has seen me has seen the father. Thus God, he wrote, thus God gives to his image the power to express all that he or it is. We have the power to express the unlimited possibilities and capabilities of God. Don't think for a moment that one day Star Trek won't be real. Don't think for a moment that that won't be real, where people will be able to get on vessels and fly through wormholes and and travel light years away from each other. Don't think for a moment that that won't happen. We might not live in these physical bodies to see it, but it's going to happen. Why? Because whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve, the fact that that image was given to someone else and it translated to a TV show and movies and things of that nature makes people think that, oh, oh, that's science fiction. Science fiction is just a precursor of what is to come, of what's possible. You know, as a kid, watching the Jetsons, and watching people speak to people through a video, and now we can do that literally. So when uh, you know the, the the husband was talking to the wife, he would drive a vehicle, spaceship, or whatever, and the 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 monitor would pop up, and they could talk to each other. People are doing that already. So the world will continue to transcend and go forward because we have the ability to, to express all that God is. He says this not only includes man's ability to think, but also the power to shape and form thought. Again, it's there again. This formative power of thought requires a distinct faculty, which is called imagination. And he writes on page 99, through the work of the imaging faculty, every thought makes a form 
and a multitude of thoughts makes a multitude of forms. So as we think we are forming, as we think we are shaping, as we think we are demonstrating, as we think we are manifesting, because thoughts create forms. This is why Ernest Holmes used to always write, thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. Now, can you accept that when you think you're creating, that when you think you are forming, when you think you are shaping destiny, life, today and tomorrow? All right. So he goes on to say, and again, just hitting some points here. On page 101, he says, last paragraph. No, no, no. Let me go up one. A few sentences from the last paragraph. Instead of letting his imagination run riot, conjuring up all sorts of situations, he holds it steadily to a certain set of ideas that he wants to bring forth. So what this is saying is instead of allowing your mind to image all type of nonsense, every worst case scenario on the planet, that doesn't mean you don't use wisdom. That doesn't mean you don't deal with cause and effects and action and consequence. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is some people allow their minds to stay in the gutter, in the negative, uh, in the dark. And by doing that, you are letting the mind go any kind of way, which creates any kind of way experiences. Steadily hold your mind to the ideas you want to bring forth in your life. Again, that takes discipline. And we're more distracted now than ever. People have more access to us than they ever did. When people used to get off work. They didn't talk to people at work unless it was, you know, unless it was about other stuff until the next day. Now, with emails and texts and all of these ways of interacting with people, people are on 24-7. Why? Because it goes, the email goes right to your phone. The text goes right to your phone. The notifications go right to your phone. People have access to us in ways that they never did before. People are distracted. You can watch stuff on your phone, on your tablet, on the TV, etc. You, If you are not careful, you're never alone with your mind to really decide what you want out of life. You're just being impressed subconsciously like a drone, stuck on your phone, stuck on your tablet, stuck in front of the TV, stuck in front of the video game, stuck in front of of life happening to you instead of you going out and living life. Deciding what is it that you want out of life. You're being fed images that are not necessarily beneficial. I'm not saying you don't watch anything or don't listen to anything, but I am saying when you're trying to get manifest and you know where you want to go, you need to be mindful of what you need to eliminate. And that includes the conversations and people around you that are, that if you allow them will feed your consciousness junk that you don't need. As you're trying to demonstrate, I don't want any pessimistic person telling me what I can and can't do when I'm trying to get my healing, my breakthrough, my money or whatever. Sooner or later, you just got to buckle down and say, look, this is it. 
and decide what you want to be a part of your consciousness and what you don't and who you want to be in your environment and who you don't so you can manifest the life you desire. All right. So I'm running out of time. So uh, let me close with this. Make sure that you go to page 106. It's 10 um, affirmations and or scriptures that you can utilize. Take three of them. Work with it. Make sure that um, for a week as you prep up for next week and the chapter on next week is will and understanding. Make sure you read the chapter ahead of time before you listen. Because I'm not saying don't listen if you don't, but I would prefer if you read the chapter ahead of time. Why? Because as I talk about it, as spirit gives me what to say, only thing I can do is supplement the real teacher who's inside of you. I'm not the teacher. The real teacher is the spirit of God within you. Always know that my job is to help you stir up the gift of God in you. And if some, if the Christ in me is stirring up something in you, then that's a beautiful thing. And we can all live transformed lives. So with that, God bless you. I appreciate all of you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy real excitement. That feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you. Then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? 
How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 